The sour cream and onion episode six. You know you're in the mix. I am sour. I'm cream. I'm Ann. And I'm onion. Yes. And we're right. back to it. Back to the moving to the grooving. And back we just to wanted it. to start off this episode like we always do. A little bit of corrections. Um, you can go mm-hmm. ahead and take it away, cream, if you're feeling. All up to it. Yep. All gleam. We have quite a bit of corrections this time around. So yeah, uh, first working, off, yeah, uh, I do want to address uh, when we were discussing El Dorado last episode, we did not make the joke El Dorito. This is a stain upon our honor and we will not make a mistake like this again. <laughs> I am so sorry to all of our listeners who had to go through that entire 30 minute segment talking about El Dorado where we did not make that joke. Uh, right. But for real, we got a hefty, we got some hefty corrections um, this time around. So we were discussing oh, God. The, the Jar of Hearts music video. <laughs> this took a lot more research than expected. We were like, who is the guy in the Jar of Hearts music video? We were yeah, questioning out, he? questioning if it was Fallout Boy. Uh, Thought it was the, Pete the guy Wentz. from Fallout Boy. Yeah. It is not. So I, oh, I checked uh, IMVDB, which is imdb for music videos uh they only list uh christina perry the actual song artist Catherine mccormick uh whose only other listed music video is the dead inside by muse she's the girl with like the black eyes uh that was oh, the only one i that's cool i was surprised it was a music video i'd actually seen and uh allison holker who is not credited for anything else uh couldn't find who it was on the jar of hearts wikipedia page and only said that Jar of Hearts was originally premiered on So You Think You Can Dance. Uh, I checked a blog entry for, for So You Think You Can Dance behind the scenes from like 2010. Uh, I got this quote. Um, so for this top seven results show, it mentions uh, Christina was joined by Allison Holker, Neil Haskell, uh, and uh, choreographed by Jack, Jeff Thacker. Um, couldn't that I I wasn't sure about that because it mentions a result show instead of a actual music video. So then I found a dance track magazine article from 2010, which I had to go through web archive because from, um, 2014 onward, it's not actually on the website anymore. Above and beyond for Christina (laughs) Perry. (laughs) Indeed. I don't was this worth it? Yeah. I don't know. Revolutionary. Uh, so this this article states that the full cast includes Peter Chu, Catherine McCormick, Kelty Colleen, a bunch of other people uh, that Ibani Udada. I, I don't know if I'm pronouncing any of these names right, but um, I checked the the first name was Peter Chu, and this was specifically listed on the article as people being in the music video. So I checked Peter Chu's Wikipedia page. 
and he is listed as principal dancer for the Jar of Hearts music video. So that's principal dancer. that's who it is. That's him, it's Peter Chu. Peter Chu. I, and what the about Peter only Chu? other thing, Peter the Chu. only other thing oh. I can that's find him. about him is that he formed a Las Vegas space dance company called Chew This, <laughs> which is a funny name. It does look like him. Okay. This. It is kind of iconic. That's kind of a little bit uh, iconic yo, right there. No, this mm-hmm. man, you said he, he was dance principal. My goodness. It, uh, principal Christina dancer for the, the Jar of Hearts so music video. So we can video. dance. <laughs> so you think you can dance. Clearly, there's a lot of ties that I was not aware of between this song and So You Think You Can Dance. My family um, loved So You Think You Can Dance when I was growing up because um, my sister was in dance competitions. So then oh, that's we would yeah we would always watch uh, that show and then we would all go, do you like this? And she'd usually go, yeah, it was cool. I was waiting for Yeah, we had a lot of memories with that. And also, we have a friend whose brother also really loved So You Think You Can Dance. So, yeah, for some reason, that show had a very impactful part of, was a very impactful part of my life. I don't know why. Yeah. Yeah. We talk about too long, we're going to get copyrights. That's fun. <laughs> <laughs> they're they're going to copyright us for uh, saying So You Think You Can Dance. Yeah. The freedom of speech has been revoked. <laughs> Even though we're promoting it? Mm-hmm. We're promoting it. It's free advertisement. I have not Exactly. Seen. I don't know like, if I've um, ever actually seen... You've never so, seen it. So you think you can dance. Is Simon that, Jowell connected to that next show? Next movie segment, so you no. think you can dance. It, it we gotta like watch the entire be, series. No, <laughs> I feel like Simon I've seen Cowell more of um, dance. Dancing with the Stars. Hmm. Yeah, we also the, watch that. We also watch Dancing with the Stars. <laughs> my my grandparents, whenever they would visit, they were really into Dancing with the Stars. I don't know why. That's there, the reason and then my the, like, the, Brown. There's a new dance show that's by Jen that Jennifer Lopez does. And that one's really good. Like that one's entertaining. That's fun. Hmm. But yeah, that uh was a lot a lot more research than I was expecting to figure out who the actor was from the jar of hearts music video i don't know why this was so difficult to do but um that's a lot of digging (laughs) and then after that i found uh there was just a yahoo answers answer where the second best answer listed peter chu so i (laughs) i could have just looked there (laughs) the whole time uh i swear he looks like pete wenslow I mean, they both had to start with. Still I'm not super on. familiar with either, so. But, yeah, check uh, out Fall Out Boy. <laughs> I, okay. I can see how the how the um, the confusion would be made. Mm. Second up on corrections, Project Diva. Project Diva. Uh, I was talking about the the Switch, the new Switch game that came out, and I wasn't really sure about uh, all the stuff about it. But now I have the actual details. It's Hatsune Miku Project Diva Mega Thirty Nines. Project Diva Mega Mix. I love Japanese video Sending game titles. Sending Kingdom Hearts to run for their money. <laughs> no, I, I, um, uh, yeah. I, I, do, I don't want. I know you haven't got there, but I just see this one correction. Not forty dollars. Thirty nine. Thirty nine. Yes. <laughs> so uh, it's got hundred and one songs without DLC. There's uh, ten new songs when compare that haven't been in any previous games. Uh, 51 songs available as DLC, so there's 152 total. It's not $40, as you might be 
uh, as you might assume when you see the $39 price tag, it's actually $39.39. Unless you get the game and DLC bundle, that's 60 That's but, clever. Uh, that's kind of cute. Yeah, the reason <laughs> they have so many 39s is because in Japanese, Hatsune Miku is first sound of future. But um, if you pronounce it differently, because they have like an inflection, you can change the meaning of certain words based on the inflection. Mm-hmm. 39 in Japanese is Miku, uh, and 39 is Sankyu. So they have a lot of puns involving those, <laughs> which is fun. And then 39, uh, thank you. Future Tone, on the other hand, has the, the three different... There's Prelude, which is basically just a demo. It's got two songs. Future Sound has a bunch of songs from the main games. Colorful Tone has uh, a bunch of songs from the arcade game and the the Mirai games, which is where they look like chibi characters. Um, there's 236 songs in total, including the Encore DLC. Uh, and I just beat all the songs on hard, except for the Encore DLC. I don't have those. So I, mm. I started playing <laughs> the extreme difficulty. No way. Those are so ridiculous. I've beat cool. like a couple. Yes, I tried to borrow that game. <laughs> oh, oh man. That game's great. I, I don't have a physical copy, unfortunately. Oh. The only physical copies are from Japan. And uh, I did look into it because it ha- comes with all the Encore DLC, but the only listing I could find was like $100 on Amazon. Does PS4 have region like, locking? No, thanks. No, there's, it's not uh, region locking. It's just the. The total for the game is like 60, 65 bucks if you Ow. grab everything in packs. The packs, I mean, it is like two, 236 songs. So it's mm. plenty of songs. Uh, but yeah, the Japanese import was very expensive. So I didn't bother with that. I see. Yeah. And then just a couple things I forgot to mention uh, when we were discussing Sonic 2020. So uh, we said it was episode shadow of water uh it actually turns out i missed i don't know how i missed it but like a few months prior they released episode um white jungle which was the sonic levels that we played Mm -hmm. um and then there was episode shadow of water It's episode shadow of water that had come out um but they both came in one package because they're basically building on it over time uh and then as we had been talking about uh learning to love music you hate I forgot to mention, there's a really great Adam Neely video on the topic, which everyone should go check out. There's a couple videos he made, but it's really cool. So shout really out cool to Adam subject. Neely. Yeah. Great, Love Adam great Neely. jazz content. Yeah. Our boy. We be doing your propaganda. All right. <laughs> All right. So that's, that is it for corrections. Thank goodness yeah. we went Woo. like 10 minutes. Woo doing corrections snaps out to us getting through that so quickly all right now moving on to games i see that um someone's <sighs> been playing fate the cursed king yeah i've been playing a little yeah. bit of fate the cursed king uh i might talk about that a little more next time because um i think it's, I wanna... it's a really cool game the original fate um was my childhood it's basically a diablo style dungeon crawler um mm. But yeah, I've been playing the most recent version since it finally went on sale for the first time in half a decade. I don't know why just none of the Steam sales had any effect for five years, but it finally went on sale again. And I'm like, you know, I'm finally going to get it. 
This, is, this series was my childhood, and I'm having awesome. a lot of fun, but I haven't played that much, so I won't talk about it too much today. Cool. And then uh, second up, we've got Sonic Robo Blast 2 for our Sonic fan game section. Oh boy. Woo! Oh god. <laughs> this is yes. a this is one with a lot of history. This has been this game has been developed for the past like 20 years. Um yes. so basically there is the original Sonic Robo Blast was a 2D game actually developed by Johnny Wallbank, known as Sonicu at the time. He was like 12-ish. I could never he used that MS name. Paint to make the sprites and an engine called Click and Play uh, back in like 1997. Isn't that this the was... same engine that Five Nights at Freddy's is made, at, made with? Uh, I wouldn't think so. Because um, th- that's something similar. I think Click Team Fusion, I think, is what it's called. I Maybe. Because click and, click and Play uh, was replaced around 1998 with the Games Factory. That was basically its successor. Oh, okay. But we'll get to that. Um, okay. So this uh, 1997 was around the time there was a big drought of Sonic games because Sonic 3 came out. Uh, there's Sonic 3D Blast, and then there was a a bunch of nothing pretty much uh, in terms of mainline big Sonic games until Sonic Adventure. So this was like a few years into that drought, which was the whole reason that Sonic Amateur Games Expo started. Um, and a bunch of kids, uh, in, uh, Johnny Wallbank school did not understand why he liked Sonic and made fun of him. So he was like, I'm going to make my own game. Uh, he ended up finalizing Sonic Roboblast 1 in February 1998. It was one of the earliest fan games. Uh, very primitive. You can tell the sprites are made in MS Paint. Uh, but it was... It got really popular because, uh, one, it was one of the earliest fan games. Two, there were a lot of levels, full boss fights. And three, there were plenty of secrets to find. So a lot of people like that. And then on the other side, there was a mod called Sonic Doom made by Jeff Reed. Uh, It basically just replaced some textures, sounds, music. uh, And there was a guy named SSN Tales who downloaded it who made Sonic Doom 2, which was intended to be a total conversion of Doom, basically turning it into a Sonic game. Uh, in the end, it included 25 levels, but it was still like Doomish gameplay. He couldn't make it more Sonic-ish because he couldn't find a C or C++ programmer to work on it. Mm. And then uh, SRB2 development started. It started using the <clears throat> Games Factory, which was the successor to Click and Play. Um, it was just being made by Johnny Wallbank at this point between like March and July 1998 before he scrapped it because it was his ideas were too ambitious for the engine. The engine couldn't handle it. He would make these huge levels with all these cool ideas and the game would slow down to a crawl. None of the computers could run it. So uh, he ended up recruiting Stealth from Stealth and Taxman fame. Oh, or, God. Um, wow. Stealth and Taxman from Sonic Media fame. Um, uh, because Stealth was offering to program him a new 2D engine in C. Uh, but he ended up going AWOL for about a month. So um, that ended up uh, being scrapped for uh, as a plan for Sonic Roboblast 2. Although he did end up coming out with a really cool uh, classic Sonic engine later on. 
So uh, Johnny Wallbank and SSN Tails met on a forum that was popular on the time called the Sonic Zone. Uh, SSN Tails was really impressed with Sonic Roboblast 1, and um, they became friends, started working together, and SSN Tails eventually suggested using the Doom Legacy source port of, Doom, of the Doom engine so that they could uh, transform Sonic Roboblast 2 into a 3D game. Uh, especially after pretty much everything fell apart with the 2D version. And uh, the development has basically continued since for the past 20 years. Neither of them are still on the team. Um, Johnny Wallbank left around 2002, uh, according to a forum post made by SSN Tales in like 2004. He said that uh, Johnny left around um, early 2002. I can find there's an interview with him around March 2002 and there's uh in their old archived news articles SS and Tails made a he called it an April late April fools joke on April 4th about uh Johnny leaving. So I'm that appears to be around the time he left the team. But What happened to Johnny? Uh basically wait, wait, he wait, wasn't wait. a programmer, he was the idea guy, he was the guy with the vision for the game. Okay. And at that point SSN Tails was like the lead for programming it, and uh, he pretty much knew what the vision that Johnny had was. So was he kicked um, out, or did he just say, uh, you know, I can no, do it? No, he, he left voluntarily. He was oh, like 12 okay. when he started this. Oh, wow. His, okay. Yeah, he was like 12-ish when he started developing SRB1 in 1997. Yeah, um, okay. So I can understand why he ended up stepping down. And then like 2009, pretty much 10 years into development, was when SSN Tails left, because uh, I think it was version 2.0.4. He, he considered the game done. Um, that He thought that was the vision, uh, that they had completed it. Of course, the, there are so many other people who have worked on the game. It's a huge community effort, and the developers who are working on it now certainly don't consider it done. There's so much more that they want to do, and there's so much cool stuff they've done since the original guys left but yeah yeah two point version 2.2 recently came out uh that's really cool they got a bunch of bunch of cool what's it bunch of cool new features uh i don't remember what the specific features are i didn't write those down but yeah that was what i played uh it was a fun game i could only beat it as tails the controls are definitely very weird uh, and clunky and a lot to get used to at first because it is the it is the doom engine does it feel uh, like it is actually fully 3d though they converted does, it in some form yeah does it actually feel like a 2d sonic game but in 3d uh it does sort of um i'd say it's probably the the closest thing i have played to a 3d version of a 2d sonic game it's definitely got that feel and there's there are so many mods for this like the, yeah, there's like a cart racer right yeah there's a full-on cart racer that's been on its own separate development for who knows how long at this point uh i don't i haven't done research into that personally but according uh, to the, i do want to play it at some point according to this google image search that i just did <laughs> it looks like it's it's sort of like the Mugen of kart racers. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's really it's like, cool. Because there's like literally every character 
Ever. There are so many characters. There's there Mario, there's Waluigi, there's there, every there are Sonic mods galore for this yeah, mod this? of SRB2, oh, which is a mod of Doom. <laughs> is there a name for it? Uh, Sonic, Sonic Robo Blast 2, 2 Kart. Kart. Oh. That's crazy. But there's so many other mods for SRB2 as well. There's mods for SRB2 Kart. There's mods of mods of mods of mods. Um, I, I really like the, the 3D models that came out somewhat recently. Um, along with... The, 2.2 they were updated to 2.2 recently those were really cool uh but yeah they've they've been doing even like mapping competitions where people would design maps for the game since dating back to like 2004 ish hmm. like it's crazy also cool. i one thing i thought was really cool i mentioned the interview that uh johnny wallbank did earlier that was for sage 4 the sonic amateur games expo 4 back in like 2002 and that's crazy to think that that's been going on that long but yeah that was pretty much because of that whole sonic drought there's so much cool history behind that uh, i would recommend giving it a shot seeing all the all the crazy history behind it i might one day make a more in-depth uh video about it uh on the sour cream and onion channel but yeah, that's that's all I gotta say about that. It's our history man doing his history homework. You went above Goodness and beyond Christmas. on the research game. I did so much research Everyone for this episode. It's ridiculous. Cream. Was it fun? <laughs> uh, I, I did enjoy Is looking into some of the crazy history of this stuff. Mm. Uh, I definitely did a lot more research on SRB2 than I needed to or that I even talked about here. No, I feel like yeah, SRB2 was had, has a bit more... Um, I don't know, weight to it than freaking Jar of Hearts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know, know, man. Dude, Jar of SRB2 Hearts. SRB2 has 20 years of history behind it. Jar so, of Hearts has, yeah. um, it's edged itself. It, it I mean, captured it, my heart. Jar of Hearts jar. is um, pretty edgy. I mean, it's I not feel that like edgy. Jar of Hearts. It's gold. It's not as edgy as, say, like, When I Die Young or something by the band Perry. <laughs> True. Sir, this, the thing. With, I'm trying to remember the lyrics whoa, with the whoa, whoa, ice and whoa, whoa, whoa. the on. whole the whole choir part of it is the most edgiest thing ever. Yeah, and come on, can I stop everyone? I'm for gonna a catch a cold from the ice inside you gotta, your soul. Oh, you're search, gonna I'll catch a cold from the ice inside your soul. <laughs> I think that's what it was. <laughs> so don't come back for me. Who Just, do you guys. think you are? I think I got that wrong. Yeah. <laughs> Yo, um, I was searching up Jar of the Hearts, and uh, I saw an interesting search result that just led me down a rabbit hole. Have you guys heard of the Jared Leto cult? The what? What? I think Jared that has Le to do yes. with five seconds. Not five seconds. Uh, five seconds to Mars. No, thirty seconds, 30 seconds to, Mars. to Mars. Sorry. Is it, yes. Is this like the Kanye West uh, ascension? This. Type? Oh my! I'm oh, I'm looking into. The, you guys can no. Keep, keep going ahead. I'm gonna. I'm gonna oh just my goodness! Oh God. <laughs> The Jared I'm Leto stuff feeling... is really weird, especially because he thinks 30 Seconds to Mars is like the biggest band in the world. Han, the, the title for this <laughs> article is 30 Seconds to Mars, Jared Leto, 30 Seconds to Mars singer, Jared Leto, started a cult. Because cor of course he did. That's the, that's the legit, that's the title. Yeah, um, he's, he's gone off the deep end ever since he made his album, uh, America, which is supposed to be like, America woman. supposed to be like, um, 
Imagine Dragons meets the Chainsmokers. Huh. I don't know. Heard um, I didn't like it. <laughs> he posted it on Twitter and said, yes, this is a cult. <laughs> Who that? Oh You're not goodness. supposed to say it's a cult. <laughs> Anyways, maybe that's just—he's that much of a oh, charismatic man, cult leader. He's that good. He's that good hole. that he can say it's a cult yeah. and people will still follow. Yeah, they're like, <laughs> oh, he's yeah. that charismatic. Speaking of cults, <laughs> he wrote a um, ten on charisma. The cultish behavior of fifties America against all things that were foreign <laughs> is a theme that's very relevant to the Iron whoa, Giant. Whoa, whoa, hey, hey, oh my uh, goodness! Oh my goodness. Right. A film that's we had to watch this week. Yep. Man, I'm the king of segways, aren't I? And, that was um, that was good. That was really good. We give it a little applaud. Mm -hmm. I would I would do Thank a big uh, cheer, but I can I can feel my voice fading away from talking too much these last few podcasts. <laughs> yeah, like we, we exist too. Dude, I wish that this is a podcast where none of us speak for like just about a whole hour. It's like so, thank you for joining us and just how we ended off. So, what was your opinion on it? So, this was my first time seeing The Iron Giant, and I have to say, what a charming little movie. I really liked it. <laughs> That's good! Hey! Yeah. Yeah. He's now um, in The Iron Giant cult. We got yeah, him, boys. Uh, <laughs> I loved the whole um, retro aesthetic to it. Like, some people will say, oh, it's like Fallout or something, but I don't know. Whenever Wait, I see it, I just think it, it makes the movie, like... I don't know. There's something about this movie that seems timeless about it, despite the fact it, that it relies yeah. a lot on its setting for its charm, because I really yeah. like that whole retro American, retro American yeah. theme and everything, which is why I like things like Fallout. And, it's the pride um, of 1999. Mm, <laughs> it was released in 99, thing. the year I was born. Yeah, yeah and, me too. Hey, <clears throat> let's go. Um, high, fi high five. That's, that's yeah. my high five. Three, two, one. Child. <laughs> The one I got to see the 90s. I got to see the 90s. Isn't that cool? But with I got uh, to see like a whole month of the 90s. I had a glimpse of the 90s when my mind was just totally not there. I guess one I'm thing that here. was sort of <laughs> like I remember whenever I was thinking of Iron Giant, I always think, well, I saw E.T. first, so maybe that might ruin the film for me because I'm so used to seeing films that are like, oh, we have to hide the the weird creature from the parents or else the government's going to come and take it away. Like your, uh, like ET and stuff like that. But I don't know that something about this almost seems like the original version of that story. Mm. Like you wouldn't have big hero six or something like that without iron giant. I, I think mm. the reason why it feels that way is because the government being so involved is due to the fact that it was placed in such a good time setting. Yeah. Being like, it's not like it's an, well, he is technically an alien, but they're more thinking, oh, this is a super weapon that the Russians made. Yeah. Bang. Which is like really interesting where you see the FBI being like, mm -hmm. oh no, what did the Russians do this time with like the Cold War? Yeah. And I, they, they launched Sputnik in the beginning of the film mm -hmm. and yeah, they all assumed the yeah. Iron Giant was a giant Russian death nuclear machine. Right. That well, also, it is capable oh. of doing that. He is capable of doing mm -hmm. that, but because of the the boy in the film, Hogarth. Yeah, a boy. That is a weird name, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> hey. I've never heard that name before. It is. I don't weird. know. Is it German? 
I, maybe question. I didn't. The only research I did was on the marketing of the film and why it was I such see. a colossal failure for Warner Brothers. Like, I, oh, I no not know about that. Yeah, it made I'm no so money. Surprised. It yeah. made like no money. So, because- um, the the film had a budget of fifteen fifty million dollars, but it only made thirty one million during its theatrical run. And the the conspiracy theory around that is that Warner Brothers was putting all their marketing budget to Wild Wild West, starring Will Smith. (laughs) (laughs) Which, Wild Wild West was a huge hit, and the Iron Giant was not, and that was a huge blow to Brad Bird, the director. And thank God he's in a better place now because of Mission Impossible and The Incredibles and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. We don't talk about Tomorrowland. But, um, with, anyway, back to Iron Giant. Yeah, actually, it's going yeah. to lead me in segue to a question. You're just talking about the characters. Who is your favorite character in Who this? Who's my favorite character? I think I like yeah, the mother. Honestly. <laughs> what? Hold up. Mine is just so many. Just so many. I'm Dean sorry. is cool. It's your I like his whole uh, his uh, '50s beatnik aesthetic and everything. Like, I can tell how you were really uh, inspired hey. by him as when you were little. Like for me, my <laughs> inspiration for art was like cathedrals and stuff is seen wait hold on did you assume that that dean's my favorite character who is your favorite character then the fbi agent (laughs) yes mansley's the man (laughs) he's he's such a creep dude he's the most expressive part of that movie he's he's so great no dude i forgot his voice actor's name he doesn't get enough credit i think one of my favorite scenes is like um all right sorry some spoiler when uh, so he was like talking to the farmer who's just like talk about I spied a giant and whatever. And he's like, oh yeah, whatever. I don't believe you. And he goes to his car and it's like the biggest thing here has the has to be like the the um, prom queen. And as soon as he puts his gun down, he looks up to the left or to the right. Just the half the car is eaten, which also makes me wonder how the heck is this giant, this large giant, which is the first time we saw him. He was shaking the screen extremely loud. He's sneaking around, just taking bites out of people's cars, and why? half bites but anyway and i just gotta say like his like reaction was so genuinely perfect i just maybe i was like i like this i did like when his face got crushed by the door in a really quick <laughs> gag <laughs> dude all his all <laughs> dude at most like manly scenes i really loved except for one scene in particular but i will not say As, you know it's a move a cult classic movie everyone's seen it who cares the yeah. chloroform scene i feel like that that part that one, like yeah. i went oh he's now the he's now really bad <laughs> but um yeah, yeah that, I, that made me uncomfortable but and the end of the movie too they but that's that just because it was stupid mm-hmm. yeah. also it was him a, hitting on the mom that was yeah. kind of uncomfortable i was like sir yeah hey excuse me ma'am do you have a phone hey excuse me um do you have a phone it's like whoa <laughs> no one just picked that up <laughs> I mean, it was a good adult humor just snuck right in there, but I mean, still. They, there was oddly a lot of, uh, was this film rated PG when it came out, or was it rated G? I think it was rated G. <laughs> rated G for... G. It was rated good PG. God. <laughs> it was rated PG. It was the 90s, yeah, so they PG. got away with a lot, too. Yeah, mm-hmm. like, um, when Dean zipped his pants in the beginning of the film, which... I'm sorry, everyone. Which I know they didn't wonder, see like, his junk mm. or anything, but because he had to get the squirrel out. I was wondering why didn't he just take his pants off when he was sitting at the booth in the diner? But... <laughs> is that what you were thinking? <laughs> yeah. I was like, why did he just go to the bathroom or something like that? This is also a thing of if there were squirrels, like squirrels in your pants, would you logically think? 
Yeah, it's like, hey guys, I'm sorry, we're doing this. Flashes everyone. Yeah, (laughs) but like, like I've had it where like, if I'm freaking out, I'm just like, get it out. Get it off of me. And you don't logically think about it. So I probably think he, it was more of like a spur of the moment. Like he was like, and like did not care at that point. Because if you're like, oh snap, I could get rabies thought process. I think Mm. you're just gonna like stop caring. Yeah, I see. Yeah, I actually have a whole written out piece of paper about Dean. Oh, my oh let's hear it. It's oh, not this is. I have one quick, uh, one quick question. Is this okay. the inspiration for the song Squirrels in My Pants from Phineas and Ferb? I thought about that, too. When I yes. saw the movie, I was, I was like, did like, they just is this a reference bro, to that's Iron why. Giant? Looks like I'm going to be doing some improv research. Oh yeah, and that's why um um Ferb was dressed up as Dean in that song. No one no one picked up on it, but I was like, hey, hey, hey they be um they be lurking over there. I see you. I see you, Ferb. So you know. Also, so, that's not a true well, fact. It, I just lied, so don't. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's not true. I did are, a are quick Google search. <laughs> yeah, I'm about to say you guys. I appreciate the honesty. <laughs> <laughs> um so while what Kim about is looking that all up i'm gonna talk about how so earlier i said that it was actually really accurate to what was happening during the 1950s and that time and um looking at dean and as an artist how he was and how he was behaving and what kind of medium he was using was actually a hundred percent accurate to what was going on during the 50s during that time and the art yeah. movement world, which I thought was fascinating. And I, I didn't realize that until, so I'm, to get it, give for context why I know this is I am an art history minor. I have a completed minor. I took contemporary art history. And there was a time in class when I was learning about scrapyard art or junk art that happened during the 50s. And the whole time I was like, in the lecture, like, oh my gosh, it's Dean. It's Dean. And like, it made me kind of freak out because I was just like, wait a second. This is completely accurate. And so I'm going to bring this up. So Iron Giant takes place in like 1957. And there are some like a couple of famous scrapyard artists. There's um, the African-American artist Richard Hunt. Um, There's um, John John Ayn Chamberlain and then Leo Steinberg. And that's just a few. There were many more, but mm. like during the 1960s, it got more popularized. Like it was happening in the 1950s, but the artwork type got the name of junk art, and because it was made with um, art that was found in the junkyards and was deemed to like look old or like discarded. That's the term, and it was largely popular in the post-war period. It was thought that it was the t- any the type of art came from like the Dada movement, which the Dada movement was used to use assemblage as a way of anti-art in order to separate art from life. This was largely caused by terrible scenes from war, and that's where like the scrap art movement was caused from like the scenes of World War II, the aftermath, and then also the Cold War and the kind of like distancing of life. And that's where you see with the assemblage and kind of like how Dean behaves as an artist where he's just like, everything is awful. I hate this. And 
And like he's very like anti everything. And um so so like Johnny Chamberlain in um stink your word I'm just, I'm going to butcher his name. It's it's like S T A N N K I E W I C Z. They worked especially with like heavy metal which was like from industrial use and it was supposed to emphasize that like during the time of the 50s everything was commercialized and it they wanted it to look discarded in order to like comment on how everything and throwaway culture that was happening at that time like the perfectionist mm-hmm. throwaway culture and it should also be mentioned that a few years later in like 1962 you'd see like more like commercialism, which is like through Andy Warhol, for example, where like mm. this is just an example of what I mean by commercialism with like his whole Campbell's chicken noodle soup. No, it wasn't chicken noodle soup. It was tomato soup. Yeah, that no. was bad. Oh. Um, but it was tomato soup and his Marilyn Monroe pieces, which emphasize like the constant commercialism and the whole thing that was happening in America at the time. Mm. That was a lot of history. <laughs> Welcome to the Sour Cream and Onion History Podcast. It's where I just <laughs> yeah. talk about history our review. history. That's really cool. Yeah. History is mm-hmm. really Did cool you know? when you're not learning it in school. Yeah, it's fascinating. I love and I was it was just really interesting to find that they had really gotten a character that was really spot on for the time period. Hmm. That's really cool. And then also goes with like his mom because like she was a housewife. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then we don't even know what happened to his dad. I think he died during World War II. They never really dad. referenced. They never referenced it. Which they did. Act, there was a scene that was deleted. Oh, that was supposed to be the uh-huh. intro scene of the movie, and it was where um, Hogarth was having a nightmare about his dad that was in the army and like his dad dying. Oh God! Never really knew my father. So I don't know oh. what happened oh. or what. I think I prefer the ambiguity. Yeah, I like the ambiguity, like but um, but that is what happened. Like his dad was part of the war, was mm-hmm. well, part actually, of a war, or just served in the army. Yeah, that makes, that makes the most sense, sense though. Just because, like, I remember the scene where um, when the Iron Giant was like, they got interrupted when he was having that like moment with the deer, and the deer got like shot and killed by hunters. And they had like the really deep, like real discussion about death, which introduced me to like the, how like like Hogarth talking about death as like when I was a kid, being like not all death is bad because it's a circle of life that can bring you life and stuff like that. Like, man, that's deep, that's real right there. Mm-hmm. And I was like, and it makes sense because if his dad died, that would just be like, and in fact, there's like so like so much ambiguity in that being, and the fact that they don't even like if he did die, he's not like he he's obviously been got over it. This shows like that emotional growth and or maturity to that topic and stuff like that and how he personally learned through probably his dad's death but they don't even tell you that so it's like really cool i like i like that like build that build up anyway sorry go ahead yeah, it's not like shoved in uh, your face histor- historian really cool thing yeah. uh go ahead um that was all that i wrote for the art history thing oh, okay. but i do want to say just the dean is my favorite character in that movie and more of I want to. I saw a joke on um, Instagram about hey, it you. on how um, Hogarth was like Gen Z 
and that millennials was basically Dean and their relationship is just the relationship between millennials and Gen Z. How you see this crazy kid with a giant. Truly ahead of its time. (laughs) Ahead of its time. (laughs) And the millennial just being done with everything. Yeah. And it's just like, I just want to enjoy my art. (laughs) No, don't Well, that, but also the fact that all I see is like the never ending, like, coffee memes, like coffee cup memes with this Dean. It's insane how many there are. It's so great. Oh, that's where it came from. (laughs) I I just remembered this meme. I just remembered this meme. Go for it. (laughs) The. Right. Yeah, the the espresso the espresso scene was also pretty funny because I've also seen that in uh, um no. I've also experienced that with some family members. But I was actually kind of going well. <clears throat> this movie wasn't really heavy on the laughs, in my opinion. It was oh, a much dude, more of a calming, up. subdued film, at least towards <laughs> at least towards the 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 first and second act once it goes and the military comes to try to destroy the giant then there's some action but it's sort of again it it's not like the fun action you'd expect it's like almost kind of threatening in a way you think and, that deals mm-hmm. with the theme yeah. of the cold war You're yeah with that dude like again yeah. I, I i said before on our on our segue that um there was like this really cultish behavior when it came to we must defend america against everything and against the russian soviet union whatever um mutually assured destruction and the way we protect mm-hmm. our protect our children from nuclear bombs is duck and cover <laughs> yeah. And, yeah we know how, <laughs> how well yeah and that whole thing I, I i was always interested in how um <clears throat> I guess fearful everything how fearful and genuinely scared everyone was back then when mm-hmm. <clears throat> if when nuclear annihilation was a very uh prominent threat at least yeah. for at least some a lot of people did believe that and I guess it it was true because <sighs> you know nuclear bombs the most powerful weapon ever created ever at least as, mm-hmm. as far as I'm aware we don't oh. have a Thanos snaps or anything. So yeah, no, I mean, it just reminds me of that like near like the ending scene where like Mansley gets the nuke launching. He's like, oh, oh, we we can go to the shelters. Um, we yeah, there's a bomb shelter not too far from it. you, Mansley. You idiot. Yeah, you can't run from this. We're all gonna die for our country. Yeah. It's not exactly the quote, but dude, I love I, that scene. Dude, he, the general kills it for me, man. The <laughs> general was good, but, but like I, also- I was. Mm-hmm. Also, but he uh, should have at least got the mother and children. Stop being such a prick. <laughs> like, just give him some hope. He could have ran him to a shelter. Um, I was um, going to say sorry. that yeah, what, what um, Onion was saying about um, the fear of like the Cold War and stuff like that, that reminds me of a story my mom gave where um, she, w- she was actually in school during the Cold War and stuff like that. Um, where she had mentioned there was one point where there was a thought of a nuclear threat that was going to happen while she was in school and it was supposed to hit around there what they thought was going to happen that day. And they like all just sat there and they're like, well, don't worry, we're just going to sit today in class because 
if it hits here, we'll all just be disintegrated, like disintegrate, and our like death at least will be fast. And oh that was goodness. her class that day because they literally thought that there was going to be a nuclear bomb or like something hit hitting them. Oh god, yeah. they're like, pretty much like saying that we accept death and we're just going to take it. Yeah, Let's because my mom lived in New York at the time, um, the state of New York. Yeah, and there was, I guess, a threat when she was in school at one point. Mm. On a much lighter note, that <laughs> reminds me of the the Sims Three patches video, <laughs> where there was like the the children would no longer have to wait through graduation <laughs> before they put the fire out, and uh, during a meteor when a meteor was approaching, people would now evacuate the building, except in school where the children could not leave and would always die. As read <laughs> in the patch notes, I remember that. <laughs> uh, Sorry, much funnier in The Sims yeah. than in real life. Mm. <laughs> I do so, have yeah. a little bit of a history on the squirrels of my pants. Getting back to that, oh my goodness, dude! So apparently, the canonical name like for the rap, different. the street performer rapping group is Two Guys and the Park. <laughs> and they spelled park, right, park hit him with the solo. They spell park P A R Q U E for some reason. They're French. Uh, it does not the <laughs> nothing I can find um on it says it has anything to do with the scene from the Iron Giant, but it, it might uh it's speculated that it might have been a parody to uh a music video that Goofy did in um the House of Mouse series. From like 2000, very early 2000s. I think it was 2001 to 2003. Um, There's a short called How to Be a Rock Star, which was a music video starring Goofy, which the lyrics mostly, (laughs) it's mostly just the word squirrel over and over. (laughs) So that, and. um, Uh, Can you, um, Cream, you give us a quick, uh, just like a teaser of what it was like? Uh, I cannot, because I have not heard the song myself. I literally oh. did this oh. research just now. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately. Yeah, Iron Giant was I really think, cool. I think I yeah, actually... The one, the one thing I can find any of the creators saying anything about the Squirrels of My Pants song, real quick, the only thing I can find uh, on like an interview or anything is uh, the way they wrote the song was by taking a dictionary and finding every single word that they could find that rhymed with pants. And that was how they, that was how they wrote the lyrics. Ain't some more pants. All right. I have no idea how they the, crank out all those songs in Phineas and Ferb. Back to the Iron Giant. Iron Giant was good. I really liked it. I think I would watch it again. I really do. Good, fun, little, charming movie. <laughs> would watch again. Ted mm-hmm. out of Ted. Yes. Yeah. Not, Me not, a, it, not super lighthearted, oh, but it, it's fun. There's a happy No, it's very ending. lighthearted. Like, uh, Again, well, like yeah, I said earlier not, that the mother was my favorite character because, I don't know, every time she was just on screen, I just felt comfortable. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's yeah. Wow, comfortable. Glad. It's <laughs> really um, deep. Lighthearted was not the, the right word. Humorous. It's cozy. It's not, uh, it's like, not a like a laugh out loud sort of movie, but it's a nice, comfortable movie. Uh, yes. Happy, hmm. happy, I happy wish ending. I grew up with uh, it. Lighthearted <laughs> considering the subject right. matter. It could be right. Can I have my gripes now? Yeah. Rainy day right. movie, definitely. It's now time for sour gripes. What's the sour gripes? Do you have problems with the Iron Giant? 
this cult classic. Oh yeah, I do. This is cult classic. Yes, from Warner I, Brothers. I watch it. I watch it so many times. It's not like a huge like gripe. It's just that like it's like I feel like the like watching as a kid, the ending really was like, oh my, yay! He's all good. Like the the giant's still alive, and oh, it's all hunky dory. There could be still alive, and that's what's important. But now looking back as an adult, it's like I feel robbed. Like it was a very emotional like ending. It was perfectly capped off with like. Cause like they had that talk in the middle of the movie about death and how death not how the is not always a back, bad thing is gonna come back to life. Yeah, yeah. that was a yeah. Weird. Like that ruined it. That ruined it. And I was like, you could put it in like post, like after the credits. But the fact that they did that, I thought like, that was uh, a like. I thought that was a two thousands trope, not a nineties trope. It is the two thousands, my guy. It's nineteen ninety nine. Couldn't <laughs> you make a comment on it? Could be a thing of rebirth of the giant. Oh, okay. Is that where we're going? He did say, no. die. <laughs> Didn't Hogarth because also said like that when life? we die, my mother believes we get born again or something like that? No, this sounds like some Buddhism stuff. Um, No, I was. T- <laughs> um, no. no. Maybe I'm not remembering. I feel like right. uh, it's less of a happy ending and more of a horrifying ending <laughs> when you have the realization that this giant death machine can survive a direct hit from a nuclear <laughs> weapon. <laughs> taking the full force of yeah, it. I didn't think it like and that. Falling through no, the I don't atmosphere. feel robbed anymore. All you have to do is get him mad by like mm-hmm. shooting a deer. Exactly. What if what if the the nuclear bomb gave him amnesia and now he's just death machine again? <laughs> the what giant if he just already had lost amnesia. All the, all the lessons. Oh my goodness. From the <laughs> The uh, giant already had amnesia. And then he has just nothing but bad influences around. Yeah, but him. what what if he got Pretty him much again? a good night poom poom situation. Mm. Double amnesia. He's in too deep. <laughs> um no <laughs> also just like some weird inconsistencies like with the some of the adults sometimes the incompetence and this weird like in and out inconsistencies hmm. and the like some scenes at the end as well like when uh dean was talking to um mansley or ken you just say ken, ken. Yeah. quicker and he was talking to him about like hey the yo, the giant has a kid and he's like we got like you gotta like stop like like stop attacking him he has a kid so pretty much don't attack him and he was like all right i can deal with this and like he immediately left like an idiot because this is like the dude that you just embarrassed and like practically pulled his pants down from the general so like yeah no way he's just going to be like all right i understand now and i'm going to tell the general the truth and to stop shooting no this guy's going to double down but the kid's dead even though also he they said that out loud and everyone's around him so now everyone not hear him you know it's, it's whatever it's a, it's a movie yeah, not every movie is perfect. Still a fun, comfortable movie. Yep. <laughs> so I still fun. really like it. I can see why I, it's a I cult classic. I love that movie. I that can see why it's a cult back. classic. It's a, it's a shame, shame it made no the flaws money. And the things you like, but yes. It's a yeah. shame it made no money. Yeah, that's yeah, that's a real shame. I can't believe I didn't know anything it's about that. <laughs> it's, yeah. rich it's rich in our hearts. It's rich in our hearts. Anyway, the next film that we're going to see for... Um, we forced Cream to watch this, is um, Hamilton. Alexander yep. Hamilton! We, we mentioned right. it last time. Uh, I don't know if any of us have seen the full thing. I've seen the full no, thing. I haven't uh, seen any oh, of yeah. it. And Onion then, has seen the full thing. Yeah. Oh, good for you, Onion. <laughs> I, have, I have heard the songs over and over and over again. Don't actually know any of the lyrics, though. Mm. I've but deliberately I've, I've kept myself away from Hamilton for the longest time. 
seems like seems like it's gonna be doing fun. that. You're can't I wait to see it now like that it. Uh, it's affordable because <laughs> it was not affordable in any way uh, until this point. I know my sister yeah. was really looking forward to it, um, seeing it like. Uh, oh, it was one of our birthdays, one of these past years, but um, they were planning to go to a off-Broadway performance, and the tickets were like $500. Oh, God. That, oh, my goodness. Uh, it ended up getting canceled. Because virus? Yeah. Backstreet Boys. Because uh, uh, I'm, I'm done with the Backstreet Boys analogy. It's <laughs> so stupid. I, I don't know why. No, I love the, the Backstreet Boys analogy. Honestly. The, the Backstreet Boys the reunion virus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Union <laughs> virus. It's like a bunch of like it's just all of them in microscopic form, just like jamming out in your bloodstream. Corona Boys <laughs> reunion tour. Oh my goodness! Yeah. Turning myself. I feel like that's me. definitely happening in Florida right now. Oh, oh yeah. But that's there are a couple places that were opening up, and now uh, Corona is making a reunion tour, and they're like, oh, all right, back to lockdown. Yeah, yeah. We're back. Well, and well, it needs to happen, though. You thought we were done? Well, we got another song for you. <laughs> Wait, did we hear Uncle? No, go ahead. What did we find? Even... <laughs> the the sad thing is that's not even the predicted second wave. That's just now. The predicted second wave is in November, so we're just uh... thriving. <laughs> this is just because Americans are mm. Americans. You know, mm. this is America. Yeah, <laughs> don't catch um, you slipping up. It's, it's Your mask. Hey, hey. In a grocery store, <laughs> I have up. a lot of tea when it comes to the mm. customers and the virus, and how customers react to the virus. Sometimes they be not okay. Sometimes they're like, I work at a law firm. It's my constitutional right to not wear a mask. Also, Jesus. That's not how the constitution works. Also, you oh, forgot people. that she said to me. We love you guys. I don't have to wear a mask because Jesus said I wasn't going to get COVID-19. Oh, <laughs> and I went, I don't know what to I say I am blessed by the gods of gods. I will not get COVID. 20 minutes later. Oh, All right. oh man! <laughs> Five more atheists today. Like, uh, she just said. Like Jesus said, cast. "Not you." <laughs> Jesus would be like, "Put on a mask because it's helping other people." Exactly. Yeah. That's the whole point of the masks. But the problem is, uh, we didn't say to people that the masks are for your own benefit. We told all the Americans <laughs> that it's for the benefit of others. And that's just plain not knowing your target audience. I wish I could pull out a verse right now. I wish I could. I just I, I do not have a verse that says that shall wear a mask. Yes, but. I don't have I don't have a verse that could be applicable to this situation. But I'll look for it. I'll look for just it. Look for it. Next time, corrections. The verse where Wait, Jesus says, please, "Please wear, wear a, mask. a mask." Yeah. <laughs> please respect other people's distances and please. wash. I your remember hands. that it was in um, well, Psalms guess, nineteen, like, verse uh, twenty-one. Well. J- well, the people who are Jewish, they wash their hands constantly in their feet. So they, they know about cleanliness. Mm-hmm. They know about cleanliness. They, Jesus they knew where it was at. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He knew where it was at. Yeah. Uh, don't support the Corona Boys reunion tour. Stay safe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Soap isn't uh, harmful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Keith Wash Latino. your hands after dinner. We know you don't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we know you don't. Uh, I do have a couple things I forgot to mention in corrections because I have my corrections oh my listed everywhere. I know. I've got, I've got this whole literal pages worth of uh, an outline on the corrections. I have the a like whole ancient prophecy scroll giant notepad document for the SRB two oh. history. Uh, I forgot that I also have sticky notes. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> wow. uh, just like a, so just make a dragon out. It's just a few. It's only a couple things. Uh, episode two, uh, and over here mentioned uh, that she's been addicted to TikTok, but there's a lot of stuff that's been going on with yep. TikTok. Uh, and I want to just be like, be safe. Don't use it. I I basically well, first got of it all, off of my and, phone for knowledge. I do not I know, watch, have TikTok anymore because it is not safe. I watch you TikTok see TikToks, on TikToks. Just look them up on Instagram Whoa. or something. That's but, I do have to say I'm sad about it. I did enjoy TikTok. It was a fun time. It, it was. It's certainly an it addicting thing. But lasted. there's a lot of very sketchy data collection going on yeah yeah supposedly sketchy data collection from the, the chinese mm -hmm. so yeah whatever is going on with that i was i mean first off but i need to talk about and your addiction to um tiktok have you searched for help for that uh, i can get a therapist for you the fact um, that i haven't watched tiktok in days i think i'm fine my guy oh good yeah, I guess it was just a phase. It wasn't really addiction. I um well, you see, I have Instagram, so I'm not completely a cold turkey because I see some stuff <laughs> see, on Instagram. I found something else to get addicted to. <laughs> I filled the social media void in my soul. I mean, okay, the <laughs> issue with TikTok is I would be trapped for hours, just mm. sitting somewhere watching TikTok. Now it's like Instagram. I feel like I get a little bit more bored. Mm -hmm. This is the. This <laughs> is the. The great thing about social media, people trying to be funny but not being funny. Reddit oh. is my uh, pastime. Mm -hmm. You have you have to put a little bit more work in uh, for You're Instagram, passionate. whereas TikTok has a lot more tools to make things funny quicker mm -hmm. with video effects. Yeah. Anyone All have right. love for Reddit? Uh, You're, you know I don't. Reddit's also a little bit sketchy at this point. The app, yeah. Mm -hmm. I don't want to. There's been a lot it. of, there's been a lot of censorship going on when they, when they, there's a subreddit that they don't like and they don't have a legitimate reason to ban it according to their terms of service. They ban all the moderators and then ban the sub for being not moderated. One of is, my, f just be honest. Just yeah. put it in your terms of service. We can ban anyone who we don't like. Don't pretend to be pro free speech. One of my That's favorite my subreddits, Dank Christian Memes, was actually shut down mm. by the by the mods. Oh no! It was shut down by the mods, not by Reddit, by the mods, because um, everyone was starting to make very hostile political posts. Oh yikes! And stuff during uh, a... that particular moment in our history. And, yeah, I can understand that. Yeah, and then Dank Christian Memes is gone. I love Dank Christian Memes. It was so wholesome. That's a shame. Thank you, Backstreet so Boys. You Backstreet take away our Christian memes. So yeah, don't go on TikTok. Anyway, are there any more cor corrections? Um, 
One second. I'll uh, fill in the tab. I don't have hey any. Guys, I just have one. Show. Coming with you to PSA. <laughs> <laughs> one hey, thing to I'm say. Down. Bye bye. I did. Uh, we did mention that Sour would be required to listen to Brain Power by Noma back in episode four, and I don't think that's happened oh, yeah. yet. So we're making another reminder here. Listen to Brain you Power. You don't want to forget, right? <laughs> uh, maybe Yo, we'll talk about the next episode. Rolls, Come in. Hey, right. Sour, have you uh, you been listening to that Brain Power? What's you been brain listening power? to that Brain Power? <laughs> I don't have Brain Power. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Part of home improvement. Um, so now for, assuming this is our going to be our final segment, we have here we go limericks that we've written we have, for poetry. We have no we, we have, have poetry poetry segment poetry. We are doing had limericks a, this week. I had a Windows update that wiped because I'm an idiot and forgot to save my Notepad oh. file. It wiped out my four really good limericks. So now Truly I made three shame. very poor limericks <laughs> that i wrote it's all right mm. yeah. i only have one and it's really bad hopefully Uh-oh. it's yeah. okay as long as we all <laughs> we'll tried see. our very best with the limited amount of time we had yep. we'll, yeah so we'll who wants to go it. first um i've got this one i pulled up on the internet i didn't do it i didn't do the homework oh no. oh no Sour, you didn't do your homework I last minute didn't yeah, mind. But I also You've don't taken care, F to system. a new level. I'm going <laughs> to give you Kimmy a Turner. super F. <laughs> <laughs> this is revealing the kind of students we are. Except not really. Timmy was an advocate. Always. Oh, no, okay. uh, this go, is revealing the cares. kind of students we can be. I mean, yeah. I want to say I'm pretty, pretty decent. <laughs> You're pretty good. I'm usually pretty bad about doing my work, but I was good this time. I'm very inconsistent. Oh, okay. I will mm-hmm. admit. I was, Back in high yeah. school, I was inconsistent. When I went to college, yeah. I was a bit more consistent. Yeah. When I went to college, I was inconsistent. Now, I'm still inconsistent. Nothing changed. <laughs> consistency. Nothing changed. Inconsistency. <laughs> okay, right. poetry. Who wants to go first? That means I gotta go I'm sour in the voice of power, eating up time. Sour the voice of power. Like Larry Crowver. Nice. Um, um, hmm, that's not working. Hey, why don't you go ahead, Cream? <laughs> you comedy killing machine, you. We'll we'll start with Anne's poem over here because right. I only oh. have one, and I'm sorry. I okay. I'm just gonna be you honest. You be sorry, Anne. I haven't really written limericks, so I was struggling. That's okay. I don't think any of us have written limericks before. <clears throat> okay, I'm gonna try. I read a thing on Instagram about Hogarth and his main man. This may sound cliche. They are modern day. Gen Z and millennial fam. I'm not good with the beat, but I tried. (laughs) All right. I want to go next. All right. (laughs) Okay. So... This was the only one that survived from my uh, from my original document because I actually remembered this one. The music by Chemical Brothers was better than all of the others because the samples they choose were chosen to fuse such block rockin' beats for their mothers. Beautiful. Thank you. Oh, this is poetry snapping. Uh, music to my ears. Thank you. Listen to the Chemical Brothers. Uh, I'll go ahead and 
read one of mine. Uh, I call this one Limerick. Now I know what you're thinking. How bland. But I haven't yet shown my full hand. For this ain't the poem. It's simply an omen. The title, but overly grand. I think this is getting too meta. The title's too long? Well, you betcha. But the poem is here to be overly clear, and I've run out of rhymes. Woo! How subversive! <laughs> so I guess it's my turn again? Uh, go ahead, man. Go ahead. Okay. Now, the two not-so-great poems. There once was a man named Marley, who had a strong love for Chris Farley. He had watched Tommy Boy which un with unbridled joy. He would laugh quite. He would laugh away quite hoarsely. Very good. Thank you. I don't know if we should put Tommy Boy for the next movie segment, but and the <laughs> last one, there once was a man time. from Maine whose leg was in horrible pain because a rock from the sky landed right on his thigh on a day with a whole lot of rain. Ow. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Poor him. Tiny rock. That sounds brutal. Speaking with the rain. Yeah. This is like, like a doom style poetry over here. Yep. Doom style. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking more Mortal Kombat. Like as soon as the rock hit his thighs. That that wouldn't sound out of place in the zero punctuation Wolfenstein review. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> I don't know. Um, for me, for my limerick research, I was just listening to the dirty limerick song on YouTube, which dirty limerick song. Yeah, with a whole lot of that limericks one. that. We can't say here, not only because they're dirty, but they were already written by someone else. So, <laughs> <laughs> You know what? This one, this one speaks closely to me. Okay. A creature of charm is a, ger <laughs> a gerbil. Its diet is exclusively herbal. It grazes all day on bunches of hay, passing gas with an elegant herbal. Is there, <laughs> is there an oh, author goodness. for it? Um, your boy, the mouse. Your boy, the mouse. That's the full name. The mouse. No, it... that's Sour a heck of mouse. a poet name. Sour the mouse. I've got uh, How another about, one. Um, Reader's Digest. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I call this one uh, XLR. Uh, don't worry, the, the the title is not a limerick this time. My audio dies now and then, though it acts like it's always a mm -hmm. friend. But I'll bet you ten bucks mm -hmm. that the latency sucks and that just cut out again. It cut out again. <laughs> I would write, uh, I would write signal if I was writing it in, mm. uh, actual written form, but in audio form, you can just not say the word. Mm. <laughs> Any more? Oh, Any yeah. More? I have, uh, one more. Has everyone else I finished all, all mine. these? I said all mine. Please have a clear night. Put up my butt and go the rest. The elegant to it made a little flute, and now I'm being chased by the RRS. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Wow. The IRS. <laughs> All right. Okay. We'll end no. off the podcast with this one. Uh, this is quite a long one. Uh, I entitled it Sour Cream and Onion. Ooh. There's sour, a lemon with glee. Lively top to our podcast, Iced Tea. No lemonade, I'm afraid, but he'll be a grenade and burn down life's house right on three. Now cream isn't one to do talks, but as research and topics unlock. If you try being slick, well this cream is too thick, and the joke will fall flat like a rock. 
There's Anne, whose name is top tier. The only one who's always here. She knows stuff about art, can recite it by heart, and will sing El Dorado all year. Now Onion's a wonderful guy. For metal, he has a third eye. He has layers galore, but don't Whoa. cut him, be warned, or you'll wince and undoubtedly cry. There's Sour, there's Cream, and there's And. There's Onion in Second Line Land. We will podcast away every night and all day, but our improv is not always grand. Thank you for listening. You <laughs> should turn that into a you song. You guys next time for more crappy poetry. <laughs> we could turn that into a song, probably. Yep. That'll <laughs> be it. Dawes. <laughs> That'll be, oh, yeah. new, uh, intro, yeah. That'll be our new intro. That'll be our new trailer. We'll awesome. e- every time we come up with a song idea, we're gonna add it to the trailer, and the trailer would just keep getting longer with new song ideas. <laughs> oh, uh, I thought you were trying to do another limerick. I was about to join in there. No, I I'm, <laughs> keep getting longer. <laughs> I'm afraid uh, I'm not good at coming up with limericks on my, off the top of my head. I came up with one yeah. off the top of my head earlier about some some king. Uh, there once was a beautiful man. Who ruled over all of the land, but one day he said, "You're ugly, Sir Fred," and f- then from his kingdom was banned. Yeah, overthrowing power. Then he was he was just all like in the new a Far bunch. Cry game. <laughs> all upset and overhunched. If I had more time, went- if I if I have done more research and did not take my really long nap, then I probably would have done a news segment for uh, the Ubisoft event where they showed off a new Far Cry game. Oh, yeah. yeah we may Far have Cry, to talk but... about that next time. Next week. But, yeah, next uh, week. Thank you for listening. Our next, uh, our next poetry segment, we're going to be doing acrostics. So look forward to that. I'm sure that'll what be fun. Heck? I wonder if any of, any one of us will be able to make acrostic uh, rhyme in any way, shape, or form. I think I'm going to need Nope. Goal. All right, guys. See you next time. <laughs> bye See bye. you next time. Bye. We're currently fading out. Thank you for listening uh, to our beautiful, beautiful Whoa, what, podcast. That's too meta, man. We're currently fading out. We are currently We're fading out. out. I've said this like every single yeah. podcast as we fade out. Faded. Right. We bye faded. Bye-bye.